0: Hey guys, I have a question for you. Are you ready for something new and for your life to take a meaningful direction? Well, we are about to take a big step into the world of possibilities. A place where we don't like to talk about how bad things are, but rather of how great things could be. Here we look at the world with a new set of eyes, learn a thing or two. And by inspiring each other, we try to find happiness. In new realities. I'm Anne Therese and this is my podcast, Hey Change. Hey guys welcome back and welcome to a bonus episode of Hey Change. Today I want to share an episode from my friend Katina Montanos and her podcast Challenging the Collective and the reason I'm sharing this is because she interviewed me on my mission in this world and kind of what I feel about change and how that grew into me having struggled with change growing up in my early adulthood. So It's a really fun episode and you get a chance to get to know me better and we talk about um, the resistance to change, how to deal with that, um, my whole entrance into the fashion world and how that is kind of funny and also how I became a model at the age of 24 and how I'm now having my own agency and all that that entails. It's a great interview. It's about growing up, struggling, finding your own way, trusting your intuition, and that's something that Katina is big on, and you should definitely check her out. She has, like I said, a podcast called Challenging the Collective, and she's also the founder of the blog On Adulting, where she talks about all that shit that no one tells you about growing up, but that everyone is definitely going through, like how to deal with work and career and relationships and um, just kind of dealing with not knowing what the what's going on and how to figure out life and also thinking that everyone else seems to be having everything figured out and their shit in the row, which is definitely not true. So it's refreshing to have someone like Katina to be open to talk about it and to share her struggles. And guys, she's just great energy. She's a dear friend of mine here in San Francisco and she's just Awesome daily inspiration to follow. So check her out. She's unadulting on, on Instagram, and unadulting.com is her blog. But without further ado, let's talk about our conversation today. And also, if you want to know more about Katina, I interviewed her for my podcast, Hey Change, back in November. So that's episode 027, if you want to check that out. That was another good girly conversation about life and struggles and boyfriends and all of that. But so this is the follow-up on her podcast, Challenging the Collective. And I hope you enjoy this one, guys. It's a lot of good laughs, and it's very raw and authentic. And you really get a chance to get to know who I am. Anyways, without further ado, have a great day and enjoy my talk with Katina Montanas.
1: Hi, Tess. Hi, Katina. I'm so excited to have you on my podcast this time. Um, So for everyone's knowledge, Tess is a model, a business owner, an environmental sustainability advocate, a vegan, and also, most importantly, the founder of a really great podcast called Hey Change. Um, And a few weeks ago, we actually had a precursor to this conversation um, where we delved into a bunch of different topics, but today we're going to be focusing on Tess this time and her life (laughs) and her views on change, sustainability, um, modeling and fashion, and a variety of different topics. So welcome to Challenging the Collective. Thank you so much. Yeah. so I'm great so to be so back in your floor. On I second. know. <laughs> Literally feels like we've done this way more times than we should mm-hmm. Um But so before we get started and uh, kind of delve into your background, I think it would be really helpful just to give everyone some perspective on how we view the world. So let's tell everyone how we met. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm
0: trying to think of how I should tell the story. Um, quite bluntly, we met at a Wine Wednesday yeah. at a... <laughs> the best way. Uh, at the Stylist LA, which is like a rent-your-dress shop mm-hmm. in um, in the marina, I think. Yeah. Here in San Francisco. And um, we had both been invited by a common friend, and we showed up like, hey, I think I should see you more often. Yeah. And... Um, <laughs> I think it was I was here the next Wednesday after that, and we just kept talking and realized we have a lot of similar worldviews and a lot of stuff and yeah. had shared very similar stories. We both moved to San Francisco from New York the same weekend this year so in September crazy. and because both of our boyfriends got jobs over here. So I think
1: we had just very so much in common that we knew we had to be friends. Yeah, exactly. I know. It's so funny. And I think it also is telling that both of us... Um, are so open to new opportunities that we went to this random event where we didn't know anyone and then became friends through that. So um, with that, I think that's a helpful precursor to just knowing you and knowing how relationships work in both of our lives. Um, So let's get started. Yeah, I want to hear, tell everyone about your story. So before we start getting into more recent things, the first thing that I love to do when talking with people on the podcast is hearing about their childhood and kind of the before to challenging the collective Um, because I just think it's really helpful for people to know that we're all regular humans who had a life before we started questioning our world so tell me a little bit about you in high school like growing up how did you view change and the world in general well, I kind of want to start with,
0: like, me being a toddler, because apparently, <laughs> like it my mom there. said, is that I was a teenager at, like, year one till three. <laughs> I was so stubborn, and I just knew exactly how I wanted the world to be like, and I think I kind of kept that with me, and for the longest time, I thought that I needed to have everything figured out. Mm. I needed to plan my life in every detail, like, I love planning parties, and I say, every single part of the party I would like say okay I'm gonna invite these people they better show up because I invited them and then we're <laughs> gonna have dinner at this hour and then after that we're gonna dance or whatever and I was like young maybe 12 <laughs> so, so very funny. starting very early and I thought that you know I have to go to this school and I should get a degree in something and then after that I should have met my boyfriend and we should move in together and mm-hmm. just kind of thinking that my entire lifeline should be outlined Mm -hmm. and if something didn't go as I planned I freaked out and tried to fix it so I've spent a lot of time trying to fix stuff because usually things don't turn out as they planned ever. Plan, <laughs> ever right um and it was just a lot of bite to that and i also realized that it was hard for me to actually be happy mm. and my mom has also told me this it was really hard for them when christmas was around or birthdays because i had so high expectations about how things should be mm-hmm. and if it didn't snow for christmas one year of course now christmas <laughs> wasn't like how it was supposed to be so Uh, I dealt with a lot of resistance to change growing up. up. Yeah. And um, it wasn't until I was in college and I was around 20 and I had just broken up with my, at the time, boyfriend that I lived with and had a dog with and a very, like, heartbreaking breakup. Mm -hmm. And it gets to kind of flip my world around. And it really forced me to take a step back and think about how I was acting with things and um, how everything I really tried so hard to make happen
1: didn't go as planned and maybe I wasn't actually supposed to be doing that. Yeah, I think that's so interesting. I went through kind of a similar experience that I was just thinking about related to accepting change. So I'd love to like delve into this a little more What was that process like? Was it a moment where all of a sudden you were like, I have to do this? Or was it built up over time? How did it look when you started accepting change instead of, sorry, rebelling against it? I guess it was a process that
0: grew over time, even if I didn't know it. Mm -hmm. But there's one moment I can really recall, and it's so vivid in my memory. Um, I was in my apartment my second year of college, and I was looking through my Instagram and I don't know. I don't know who posted it, but there's one of these quotes you know we see everywhere. But it said, um, "Keep some room in your heart for the unimaginable." Mm-hmm. And for some reason, this one quote just stuck with me and gave me goosebumps. And it was like something clicked inside me. Yeah. And it was. I was thinking, what if there are things in this world? that at this moment I can't even imagine but they could still happen to me because mm-hmm. right now they're so out of my imagination that it doesn't make sense that that they will happen right. but they're still very much likely to happen if I just open myself up to new pos- opportunities and possibilities and just be more embracing of change in general and I think from that moment I actually asked my mom and dad to make a canvas that I could hang on my wall with this quote which I did That's awesome. um, just to keep kind of remind myself that I needed to head into a different direction and That was when I was trying to take every day um, as a new day Mm -hmm. and to be more open to the fact that anything could happen. Mm -hmm. And I need to trust my intuition
1: and stop planning every damn thing in my life and just see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. That's so interesting. I feel like... So... I actually think I had a moment like that too, and it's crazy that you could think of the exact moment where you started to embrace change. Um, For me, when I was backpacking through Australia and New Zealand, I remember getting to the airport um, in Australia and my flight was delayed four hours Mm. and I was like a stressed, nervous flyer and I couldn't believe that I didn't check if my flight was delayed. Um, And I remember getting so upset and anxious about it that it was ridiculous. Like it was the point where I finally was like, all right, I need to understand that things are going to come up in my life that I can't control. And I just need to go with the flow and Mm. accept it. So What did it look like for you? I mean, for me, it took a long time to get through that process of just accepting certain things that I can't change um, or roadblocks that come up in my way. So what did it look like for you after you started having that mantra and new mindset? I'm I'm kind (laughs) of laughing because I think it's, I'm probably still struggling
0: with, with like embracing (laughs) it every day. And We talked about this. I mean, only a few months ago, I was so set on getting an apartment in Brooklyn for Mm -hmm. me and my boyfriend. And that was, we were looking at places in Greenpoint and like Williamsburg. And that was definitely the next step. And here we are in San Francisco. (laughs) So again, I'm just kind of like, well, that didn't really happen as I planned it. But with that said, I think I found a better balance in my life Mm -hmm. to just how I've learned this from a very dear friend of mine, Mogadat, who you mm-hmm. should check out. But he wrote a book called "Soul for Happy. And what he talks about is how you deal with missed expectations. And mm-hmm. that's what's going to decide if you're happy or not. Like, your flight might be delayed. And so that's, you know, you're having a right. missed expectation. Right. And someone might not show up to your party that you really wanted to be there. Or uh, something get canceled. Or whatever. Like, so many things, so many events in life will happen to you. And in that moment, it's really about you know, kind of taking yourself out of the picture mm-hmm. and not making such a big deal about it. Mm-hmm. And then, all right, this didn't turn out the way I wanted it, but it's okay. And I think to to answer your question, after that, I was just... It was much easier for me to be disappointed, yeah. if that makes sense. Yeah. I remember my dad saying once, because I really, really really wanted this one apartment, and I got my hopes up really high. And I kept, like... I started even planning how I would, like, decorate it and, like, mm-hmm. furnish this apartment. And he's like, trees are just actually a big chance you're not going to get the apartment. (laughs) Like, what if you don't get it? I'm like, well, then I don't get it. He's like, you're going to get so disappointed. And I thought to myself, probably, but it's okay. If I don't get it, I'm not supposed to have it. Yeah. So today I'm much better at setting high expectations, but then in a swift, nice way, you just
1: go in a different direction if that doesn't turn out the way I want it to be that's so interesting something that I think is really hard and I'd love to hear your opinion on this is when you have high expectations for yourself you often get so disappointed in things and you think you have to fix everything Mm -hmm. because it's in your control so as someone who has high expectations for themselves how do you like convince yourself that it's okay I have a way of convincing
0: myself that's giving me peace of mind. There's Mm -hmm. no scientific proof behind this. But I've just developed this worldview of, like, the things are supposed to happen will happen when the time is right. Totally. Not saying that it's never going to happen, because I feel like if you kind of know deep inside that you really want to do this, it will happen at some point. But something I have really learned from my own journey is that you may not be ready yet. So if what you really wish for is going to happen right now, you're going to fail at doing mm-hmm. it because you are not ready yet. Mm-hmm. And I see it as a game of Mario Kart or Super Mario. Oh, you know, I when you that. like you want to go from like the start to the finish line, you can just go straight road to the finish line, but you're going endi- to end up there empty-handed. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, I'm here. What now? Like, yeah. what now? You're not ready yet. But So what you need to do is pick up all those coins and treasures and stuff along the way. So once you get there you have gained all that knowledge, like you've developed spiritually, you gain like network and friends. And I mean, I say it this way, what if you want to be a singer? Yeah, you can go straight up to the stage and start singing. Mm -hmm. Probably not going to be a great success (laughs) because you need to like a voice coach and you need to like practice and you know, all that stuff. Right. So there's something to be said about keep your dreams and you know, keep your visions. But In case something doesn't happen right now, it's about timing. Mm -hmm. And you're going to look back at this moment later on, either saying, thank God that didn't happen, because I actually did not want that to happen, and something much better came up down the road, or you will come back to the same dream, but at this point, you know that you've grown and you're more ready for it.
1: Yeah. So I think
0: that's, to answer your question again, if it doesn't turn out the way you want it, Find it within you to take a deep breath and say, I trust whatever you want to call it, the universe, the journey, my life, myself, my intuition, that if this was supposed to happen right now, it would happen. I've done my best. I tried all I could. Mm -hmm. I know that I put in everything needed in this moment to make it happen. Still didn't happen, so I'm not ready yet.
1: Yeah. It's not supposed to happen. I love that mindset. I know we've talked about a couple of those ups and downs before oh, yeah. that I really want to get into, um, but before we do that, something I'm really interested in, I know that you grew up and spent most of your young adulthood in Sweden, so do you think that living there now that you've been in the United States for however many years, um, that had shaped that mindset for you? Or do you think it was your parents? What do you think helped you get there? Um, First of all,
0: I know I have my parents to thank Mm -hmm. because they've always been very supportive of my crazy thoughts. (laughs) Whereas, like, I would come and say something, oh, I want to go to New York and study photography. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And then I'll come back a few months later. I don't think that was a good idea. I don't think so either. <laughs> and they just wouldn't say it to me to my face because right. they wanted me to figure it out on my own. Yeah. So they've always been very supportive with anything I wanted to do. Um, but then also I would say I don't think sweetness anything to do with it, but also with that knowing so many people today i really do think that culture has a much bigger impact Mm -hmm. on our lives and how we look upon the world than we think Mm -hmm. and it's really culture and background and family and friends play such a big part in how you look upon the world and yourself and what you think you can do and so i think that's important to important to know to know to know let the past define ourselves but if we also are if we are aware that we come from a background and that had placed a big part of who we are, mm-hmm. we can work with that,
1: right? Yeah. No, I think that's so important to either like fully embrace it and have it be part of your story, but not let it completely define you.
0: Like, make it be part of your story, but n- make sure it doesn't define your future. Yeah, I love you that. You can pick a different path. So it's yeah. like, look at the past and be like, okay, what? I'm grateful for everything that happened because I would not be here mm-hmm. if that didn't happen. But now in this moment, I have all power in the world to change my direction with tomorrow. Totally. And And I
1: think you've embraced that mindset so many times. So I want to go into your journey moving from your home to New York and then back and forth a little bit and then even coming here to San Francisco. So walk me through when you decided to move to New York, what that process was like and what you did here. So, um, for
0: some reason, I've always known I wanted to go to New York. Mm -hmm. And it was actually on my graduation day for college that I got accepted to um, my master's program in New York City. And I remember reading the letter. I'm like, oh, my God, I got in. And it was just like this most incredible day. And my mom said to me, I always knew this moment was going to come. I'm like, what do you mean? She's like, you were eight years old, and you stood in our kitchen, and you said, when I grow up, I'm going to move to New York City and work with marketing, and here you are doing a massive screen marketing, yeah. so it was that was mind-blowing to me, mm-hmm. and apparently, I had known this my entire life, and little did I know that, but anyways, I always knew I was so drawn to New York City, and it didn't make sense until I actually moved there, because for the first time ever, I felt like home, mm-hmm. which is weird to say, but That's I think... Amazing. I was just molded in a position back in Sweden, where it's like I love Sweden, but its culture is kind of—it's you move in your boxes. Mm -hmm. You try don't try to be too weird or too much. Yeah, that's that's how I experienced growing up. Um, So when I moved to New York, which is just crazy, yeah. Like (laughs) I read somewhere, like you know. Screw psychiatrists. Just move to New York and be be weird, and you'll fine with it. You know, you don't know how to go to to get help for anything. Um, yeah. But yeah, so I moved to New York to do my masters, and just to tie the story into it. As I was doing my masters, I also set myself on a mission to become a model. So that was kind of happening at the same time, mm-hmm. and. um... There were so many things. I started taking acting classes a year ago, and then suddenly I wanted to become an actress. Mm -hmm. Don't think I'm supposed (laughs) to be an actress. Um, But with everything I've tried, I learned so much. And like I actually quit my master's halfway through because I realized this was not the direction I wanted to go into. But even now, what I'm doing today, I have so much help with everything I learned that Mm -hmm. year. The networking I was doing, like I was forced to learn InDesign. Now I'm using that every day. So with that said too, I always say if something feels right, in this very moment if this is what you're sure about right now that you're supposed to do that you can't be wrong yeah then if a year later it doesn't feel right whatsoever be bold enough to make a new decision I love that and um I used to be very stubborn and a part of me wanted to be like I committed to doing this master's you know I feel dumb for quitting but I'm like well I can end up staying another year spend even more money and just knowing this is not what I'm supposed to do, or just pick up whatever I learned so far and go with it. Yeah. Uh, not saying I want people to become quitters, because yeah. there's, there's, there's a difference in it. Definitely. Um, but from that on, you know, I was back and forth because I lost my visa with, you know, my student visa, and I've been back and forth through Sweden since then, mm-hmm. uh, trying to figure out my new visa, which you know all about. <laughs> it's a struggle. Uh, uh, we but know. yeah, I mean, I even looked back on a year f- ago when I was. I. I Took, um, I booked a flight to LA because I was trying to get my modeling mm-hmm. visa to find representation over there. And what's happened in a year, it's mind-blowing. Uh, I yeah. thought I wanted to be a model and get a visa for that. Back to, like, thank God that didn't happen because yeah. I would not be happy today. I thought I wanted to be a model, and I love the industry, but I think I wanted to be on the other side. So a month later, I started my own agency.
1: Oh, my gosh. I am So today. many things I want to delve into. <laughs> so... Uh, How amazing is she, everyone? No. (laughs) Um, But before we go into all of those different changes, I think the first thing I really want to talk about, which I personally have struggled with, and I know so many people in their 20s who are starting to think differently and question these truths in their lives, um, really struggle with, is this idea that you moved to New York, you knew that you were going to do this your whole life. Your parents knew, like it was kind of your dream and your mission and you get there and you realize, hey, this isn't what I thought it was or this isn't what I want right now. How did you grapple with that process of like accepting that something you had thought you wanted for your whole life actually wasn't what you thought it was? So I think there's some truths to be changed in that whole sentence Mm -hmm. too. Um, It
0: wasn't until right when I moved a few months ago, now mm-hmm. that New York was out of the picture, mm. New York never felt wrong, and still doesn't feel wrong. I might be back at some point. I'm right. still in love with the city, and for those two and a half years I was there, it was the right thing to do. And I would not be in San Francisco today if I wasn't drawn to New York City in the first place. Right. And I think that's where you want to get. It's what you want to get to. Is that we sometimes have a hard time changing the direction when. We start something and then from that whole beginning of something new, our mindset shifts and we find ourselves talking to new people and experiencing new things. And from that new perspective, now, okay, you know, I was drawn to New York and now I've been in New York and I've gained all this knowledge and I fell in love with the city, kind of over the city a little bit because it's, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> it's hard, hard work. And, you know, I was, for a while I was just struggling with the thought that people say, well, if you make it in New York City, you can make it anywhere. And so you don't want to be the one who quits and leave New York City. But at the same time, I think it did make it in one sense. Yeah. And it was just... um, I mean, the reason I quit my master's... I I was talking to this one friend of mine, Megan. And I hadn't even thought of it. But she's like, why are you in school? And she just had to ask one question. And I knew the answer. Mm -hmm. And I said, I don't know. She's like, should you continue with this? And... First reaction was, well, of course, I started my master's program, and then my second reaction was definitely not. Mm-hmm. Like, what am I doing? Why? And just to give some background to it, at this point I was doing my master's. It was night class. I was, you know, I was signed with an agency, so I was modeling on side. I was working part time for a digital analytics firm. And I had all these ideas that I wanted to do with my blog at the time, with my own company. And I really wanted to use modeling uh, to communicate certain values. And I wanted to work in sustainability and like that whole world. And I wasn't doing any of that at Mm -hmm. the point at the time. And everything I was learning in school, I come from a bachelor's degree in business and marketing. So I felt like I wasn't really gaining too much new knowledge. Mm -hmm. And to be true to myself, the reason I went for school in New York was because I wanted to be in New York. Mm -hmm. And that was the way for me to get a visa. Yeah. So, okay, to be true to myself, do I really want to go to school? Do I want to spend another 100000 a semester? Yeah. Or can I use that money somewhere else?
1: Yeah, well, I think that that process of making that decision is so interesting. So when you look back to that time, were there any, like, tools or, like, thoughts that you kind of helped yourself shift your mindset to be like, okay, actually... I don't need to do this. I can do all the other things. Because, I mean, personally, for me, I also went from a finance job to working at a nonprofit, which is a huge mindset shift. And it really took me a period of six months to make that decision. Mm. Um, It's not like I woke up one day and was like, I need to do this thing that's completely different. So... How, for people listening that may be in a job that they don't like or in a master's program that they don't like or a city or a relationship, like, how do they get to that point of taking action about it? Oh, um, (laughs) loaded question. Yeah. And we've talked about this before, too. I created for
0: myself kind of like a guideline of change. Mm -hmm. And it's C-H-A-N-G-E, which is change. And the first is curiosity and courage and that's really what sparked me when she said do you want to quit I'm like yeah and in that moment everything feels so right like it's so clear your picture is so vivid like of course I'm gonna quit school of course I'm gonna change my job whatever but what always follows is hesitation and because you go back into the normal life and that spark kind of like fades and stuff and you feel really dumb for even thinking about making that huge of leap and You may even mention it to a few people and they say that you're crazy and like, of course you shouldn't, like it's not rational because usually those big decisions aren't very rational Mm -hmm. and people have a very hard time for change because it's not safe Mm -hmm. and we tend to want to be safe and stay where things are comfortable and where we know stuff. So to leap into something so unknown is really scary. And I remember I, I made the decision like May or June that I wanted to quit. And then that following summer, I had so many moments of doubt. And it wasn't until, like, the end of the summer. I could still go back by September if I wanted to. So I had an entire summer to contemplate if this Mm -hmm. was the right thing to do. But at that point, I found comfort in one of my friends who was actually in the same program, and he had a similar feeling. Not saying it was a bad program. It's just, like, we didn't feel like it was a good fit for us. And the one question that kept helping me, he said, well, what if you do this? Picture yourself. It's September. You're back in school. How do you feel? And I'm like, I would hate it. He's like, so that's your answer. Mm-hmm. So I think when you are going through this process, it's going to be freaking terrifying. It's going to be very, very scary. But picture the opposite and um, think, f- try to feel if that feels right.
1: Yeah. And if you trust your feelings and your intuition, you usually have the answer. Yeah, I totally agree with that. And I think acknowledging the fear is really helpful. Exactly yeah. like you said, like knowing that it's going to be scary and it's, going to be a hard decision. but once you know that and deep in your gut you know that you are doing something that you're passionate about and you aligns with your values, then you can get over that hump of fear. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's hard though. <laughs> and then I think just for practical reasons, create a safety zone for yourself.
0: Like, let's say you want to start a business, just to make an example. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a time before that business is actually making profit. Right. Um, so a way to just stick with your beliefs and keep fighting, find, like, a sidekick job. And even, like, if you are happen to be 29 or 30, when most people in your surroundings have really legit jobs, mm-hmm. it's okay to bartend. Mm-hmm. It's okay to babysit because you're working on your dream. Yeah. So I think you just need to get rid of those ghosts that stop comparing yourself to others because you are on your own mission and but find anything that can just help sustain you, totally. so you don't have to give up because it's going to take longer time than you
1: expected. Yeah, yeah, that's such a good point. And like feeling so confident in yourself that you don't care what other people think. Yeah. It takes a while to get there, oh, that's but once the you the yeah. <laughs> and I know we go back and forth every day. Yeah. <laughs> um. No, that's awesome. So uh, I know we've talked a lot about change, and I think that's weaved into your whole story. But I'd love to. Uh, Kind of shift gears a little bit and talk about fashion and sustainability, okay. um, which yeah. are two of my most like um, my most interested topics right now. So I'd love to hear a little bit more about your thought process as you started modeling, and then what prompted you to start role models, and how you use that like retruthing mm-hmm. <laughs> idea to question the industry that you were in. Well, I still think it's funny
0: that I work in fashion because <laughs> <laughs> I'm not very fashionable. Like I just walked here in my Nike
1: leggings, my sneakers,
0: and my denim jacket.
1: Yeah. Wait, uh, as a, an aside, before we get into this, Tess told me a couple of weeks ago that she just bought new sneakers for the first time, even though she walks around every single day with the same sneakers. So that kind of prompted this question for me. Oh God! Like <laughs> I, I think it's amazing, but
0: it was actually I had worn and then, like she said I. Walk everywhere, and these sneakers that I bought a year ago had been to Sweden, LA, like back to Sweden again, New York, and then this summer we road tripped over here, and it's been like we were uh, kayaking in uh, the Colorado River, and I fell in. So oh. they have even been swimming in the Colorado River, and <laughs> I remember going on a hike a few weeks ago with my boyfriend. He's like, "You need new shoes, honey." Um, no, they're perfectly fine. But then. As I was walking after that, I felt like my feet started hurting a little bit, and uh, maybe I should get new sneakers. And then I finally went and bought a pair, and it's like walking
1: on clouds, so... Maybe after all that, but yeah, that's uh, yeah. a little insight for everyone. On.
0: That's like how fashionable I am, for anyone now. But, so yeah, it's interesting that I entered the whole world of modeling, and living in New York, and I remember thinking that I needed to be this one particular person to be a model, like I needed to love heels, which I hate. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it was fun for like 10 minutes, yeah. but then I'm over it, and And um, like wearing a lot of makeup and stuff and that's definitely a side of it but um, something I've really learned I think through modeling is that you can be incredibly feminine and not having to do all that Mm -hmm. and I think it helped me embrace my own femininity because I'd always see myself as a tomboy which I would still say I am but even with that said my boyfriend is like you're so feminine you don't even realize Mm -hmm. Uh, I think it's just like the way I am and act some ways but I think I feel more of a woman now knowing that I can walk my sneakers and still be incredibly sexy if Mm -hmm. I wanted to. Like, it's nothing wrong with that. Like, you can embrace your true self and feel comfortable. Because I think really what is sexy is if you feel comfortable. Yeah. And put me in a heels and a tight dress and I do not feel comfortable. That's for sure. Totally. So, with that said, um, I entered the industry that's completely (laughs) built by fashion and tried to model. And, uh, well, I think... To some background story, the reason I wanted to be a model, I was back home in Sweden, and um, I was looking through my Instagram, and all I wanted to do was to, like, scream to the world, like, hey, we need to take care of our trees and Mm -hmm. stuff, we need to start thinking about the the environment, and seeing all these Victoria's Secret models post pictures, and ten minutes later, I have, like, 100,000 likes, and it just blew my mind, thinking they had all this influence and power in their hands to really touch people's lives Mm -hmm. and make a difference, And so I think that's when I got the idea of like, wait a second, I can, what if I try to become a model myself and maybe I can gain some of the influence? So that was the whole mission part of it. And I was 24 at the time, which is pretty late to start a Mm -hmm. modeling career. So crazy. Uh, I still cannot (laughs) believe this happened, but... Um, started modeling and started reaching out to photographers. I definitely created my own career. By the way, I was mm-hmm. not discovered anywhere. Mm-hmm. I like hustled my way up there. Um, had to go into agencies. I had to lie about my age. you <laughs> like, Remember, like it was said something for this one agency. It said seventeen to twenty one. And I'm like, okay, well, what year will I be born if I'm 21? <laughs> <laughs> and like, totally lied about it. Backwards, getting into it. Yeah. Bar. <laughs> oh, I felt so bad. But, um, anyways, finally got signed, which was crazy in itself. Oh but gosh. what I was lacking after being signed, like how I, I mean, again, I didn't want a model to be a model, mm-hmm. which is I think weird for yeah. most people. Um, so the whole modeling part of it wasn't that exciting and um the reason I wanted to model was to gain this voice and to work with brands that I believed in and stuff and when I had to turn down a fashion show because I found out I was going to be walking in fur something I just can't stand for yeah and that was kind of it for me I realized that wait a second um I can be with an agency but they they're not going to care about my mission mm-hmm. so um that's when I started to grow this idea of starting my own agency because I was thinking there must be more models out there that feel the same way who wants to be you know authentic in their work and work with brands that they believe in and I mentioned the idea to a few people and got introduced to my now partner in LA Val and we started it early 2017 and it's grown incredibly fast because I realized or it turned out that I was right there are a lot of models out there we just had this, oh my God, I can say this even though I have a boyfriend, gorgeous <laughs> man model reached out to us yesterday. He's vegan mm-hmm. and he found us on Instagram and he's so aligned with our mission
1: and he wants to come aboard. So that's Hooray. amazing. I know. It's oh, it's so, so cool. So what do you see? I think it's so interesting going on to this idea of like tapping into an audience that you might not think is there. So what do you see for the future of this industry? Like what are the types of people that you've been attracting um at role models, your modeling agency, and like the brands that you're attracting as well? So how do both sides of it work? Oh, the future is so
0: exciting. Yeah. First thing. I keep finding new companies and reaching out to brands that are doing so many incredible things. I just found out of this they're launching in 2018, but an eyewear company making all the glasses from reused water bottles from the oceans. Wow. Like it's so incredible, right? Yeah. Um and tomorrow I'm talking to this guy who's reinventing how we make denim. So, uh, cool. so I mean it's a very wasteful industry and I keep learning new facts about it. So it's 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 good to know that things are changing and even the big brands are jumping on board and trying to make a difference. Mm-hmm. Um so And then with social media today, uh, we have created a landscape which is so transparent and I mean a model is no longer just a face on an ad or in a commercial they actually have their own Instagram Mm -hmm. you can get to know them so I think for a brand perspective if you want to hire someone to become the face of your brand that model should be representing your values too Mm -hmm. and uh, brands are starting to realize that models are starting to realize that and so that's why it's so incredible because it comes from both ends brands reach out to us models Mm -hmm. reach out
1: to us and we are reaching out on both ends yeah oh my gosh so exciting I have so many questions on this okay um First, so bringing it back to people like me, (laughs) most of our listeners who probably aren't models, what can we do um, to either support brands that align with our values or like incorporate this mindset into our everyday because we have power too, right? You have the biggest power. Yeah. Um, The everyday consumer is where the power lies, Mm -hmm. like how
0: we vote for our dollars it's what's going to define the future. And we have to start realizing that. And I heard once, I think it was um, a spokesperson for the sustainability department of Timberland, I was at an event, and she was like, please just go home and take out your computers and go to our website and in the search engine or in the search part of our website, just put in sustainability or sustainable mm. and keep searching that because that's going to show our data. And I can take that data to my guys and oh my say, gosh. hey, there's a demand for sustainable fashion. So it can be as simple as that. And, like, you know, H&M are doing conscious collections. Uh, Adidas made new shoes out of ocean waste, too. Just go buy those things and show the companies that we do care mm-hmm. so that they know moving forward that this is, you know, a um, thriving market. And do a little research. Like, it's a holiday season season coming up. Uh, as we're speaking, I know what is gonna be. Here, yeah, but it's right before Christmas. Um, and like when you go gift shopping for people, how can you find something that you can like put soul to your money? Mm-hmm. I really love the uh, the whole thought about like money having soul. And Me too. I yeah, love that. And like, what do you feel good about purchasing? Yeah. How is this gonna make an impact? It doesn't take that much today to find some background about about a brand or like a, s- a specific material or something. Yeah. We can learn just a little bit, and then. I think what we talked about before, start small. Uh, don't think that you have to have everything figured out. Don't feel bad about calling yourself an environmentalist, even though we may still be harming the planet in mm-hmm. some ways, which I think we all are. Yeah. And I'm still learning so many things that I can do better. But just take, take one step in a different direction today and then take
1: another step tomorrow. And slowly we're going to you know, shift this society in a better direction. Yeah, I think that's so helpful. And even taking a step back, not just about fashion, but about sustainability in general and how we lead our lives. I know you're always giving me tips on different ways that we could just consciously do one small thing to make a difference. And like we might not think that using reusable straws or pulling out our plugs every day could make a difference, but it actually all adds up. Mm. Um, so are there any other things, I know I just mentioned too, but <laughs> any other things that maybe we could think about in our everyday that might seem like normal or, you know, we kind of take them for granted. It's not recycling, but Um, where we can make an impact on our planet? Yeah, first thing, any any way you can reduce
0: plastic waste Mm. is a good thing. Yeah. And, I mean, I even try to say that Ziploc bags, you can Mm. reuse them and wash them. Like, so it's not, you don't have to waste it every time. Yeah. And it's good for the wallet, too. You don't have to buy new ones. Um, so, just reusing your Ziploc bag, just rinse it out. Like, if you had an apple in it, it's probably fine to have a new apple in it the next day. And, um, but if you try to not use plastic at all, you can get fabric bags and stuff that are really cool today. Mm-hmm. Um, something I hate seeing, too, is those paper cups for coffee with lids mm-hmm. on them. Oh, uh, gosh! I just know. invest in one coffee mug and bring it around and it's cooler. I yeah. think it's really cool to have your own thing. It is more personal. And I don't know the fact, but the water that goes into making one of those cups is just in- insane.
1: It's so interesting. I feel like even now, a lot of coffee places are giving you kickbacks if you bring your own yeah. mug. Um, and I feel like San Francisco is definitely <laughs> really on par with that. The other day, I was at my local coffee shop, and I saw a guy walk in with his own mug, mm-hmm. not even like oh, like an actual of the mug. one. He it. was like wearing his pajamas and just oh, came God. In. <laughs> so you could even take it that far, yeah. but Be yeah, charming, you know, no, totally. I think that these small things, we don't have to do all of them, like you said, but if you choose one or two or three, even to start with, um, you could start changing your lifestyle and inspiring those around you to do the same. Yeah. And listen, it's not a hard thing. Yeah. And don't try to think of it as easy. Yeah,
0: because it's not hard, but we can make things hard if you want them to totally and I need to mention it But the whole food industry is probably the way you can make the biggest difference
1: I was just gonna transition So something that I really want to talk about is body image and I know through your whole process of modeling and um your career path, i'd love to hear about that, but also Um, I know you're a vegan and you think about its importance in a lot of different ways. So let's move on to that and tell us a little bit about the food industry why you choose to be vegan and your whole mindset um so why i chose to be vegan
0: uh was because i found out all these facts about the environment and also the whole ethical part of it obviously i love animals Mm -hmm. so when i found out how they're being treated in all these factories i just thought i can't um and i also realized on a health perspective i was feeling so much better so just like a win-win for everyone But I think the biggest motor in all of this is the environment and how factory-farmed animals and the dairy uh, industry is really killing our planet. Mm -hmm. And Most people don't know this, but it's such a simple fact that cows produce methane, and not little, but a lot. Mm -hmm. And actually, right now, methane is the biggest threat to our planet. Wow, It heats up the atmosphere so much. So yeah, we can talk about CO2, which is bad too. But if you combine all the transportations which is um, flights, trains, boats, you know, um, cars, whatever, motorcycles, all transportation on our planet speaks for 13% of global warming. And um, the methane coming from agriculture and dairy is 50 what? Five zero. Oh, yeah. my
1: god! So when you know
0: that fact, it's like, wait a second. I can just stop drinking milk, and it's going to yeah. make a huge impact. And there's so many products today. You can drink almond milk, soy milk, macadamia nut milk. Totally. Um, and also, on a health perspective, again, it's actually not good for you. You can do some mm-hmm. research behind that. But I think that's just when it got, became so easy to me to know that. Because I've always been very passionate about the environment. And I was very... I was living in despair for a long time. I felt frustrated that I there was no thing I could do. It was I tried to recycle, but, you know, who am I to do anything? Mm-hmm. And then I realized I can just change the way I eat, and that's going to make a huge impact. Mm-hmm. So I got very hopeful from that, knowing yeah. that I actually do have power in my hands. And every time you make a meal choice, not only are you making good for yourself, but you are inspiring other people. And I always say this. In small towns, I know it's sometimes hard to go out to eat and find options, but... Every time, even if you don't see anything on the menu, just ask the question. Mm -hmm. Because the more people asking questions, they will be like, wait a second, we have had three people come in today asking for this. Yeah. Maybe there's a demand for it. That's so interesting. And that goes back to our power as consumers. Right. We need to just keep asking questions. Yeah. And not in like an aggressive way. (laughs) Because Right. Challenging collective. And (laughs) I sometimes stop. I don't really... I use... I try to be careful with using the word vegan
1: mm-hmm. because... I was just, just going to ask about unfortunately, this. Unfortunately,
0: <laughs> people have a very... Um, like It's a bite to it. People yeah. don't really want to talk about vegans because I think we have a history of like them being very aggressive. Yeah. Um, so saying, especially guys, I think you have a hard time with it. Yeah. It's kind of like, oh, you don't want to be
1: vegan. Yeah. It's so
0: girly. <laughs> but saying that you eat plant-based foods
1: and you know that's, that's so kind of cool yeah. yeah yeah it's really interesting i was just gonna ask you what would you say to the skeptics of people who um either are against being vegan or think they can't do it what are some of the easy changes you mentioned milk as one of them yeah. um but what are other ways that you transition yourself to be vegan well or like, plant-based <laughs> right
0: uh, like with everything do it one step at a time. Mm-hmm. Like, when I started, I freaked out because I was eating everything that wasn't vegan. I right. was, like, going to the gym every morning, doing my protein shakes, freaking out about not getting enough protein. Uh, it was really hard for me, mm-hmm. just, mind, like, mindset way. Um, so, I remember thinking, I actually hired a nutritionist to help me because mm-hmm. that's how scared I was. Yeah. And he said, well, just start with one meal a day. Or, like, I started out thinking I wanted to do meatless Monday. Mm-hmm. And then... From that, I just started trying new foods and realizing it wasn't as hard as I first thought it would be. And three months later, I was fully vegan. I haven't looked back. Wow, that's amazing. And it's like something I want to say to people when you start eating more plant-based. First of all, you can be vegan or plant-based and still be really unhealthy. Yeah. So that does not go hand in hand. Uh, you need to... But you need to seek nutrition from wholesome foods. Eat whole foods. Mm-hmm. And that's when you're going to stay healthy. You can definitely get sick if you only eat pasta and tomato sauce. Right. Or like pizza or like... There's so many crap food out there today that are vegan. Yeah. I'm not saying that that's good for you. Um, but um, also think that... try. Don't try to substitute. Right. You need to just completely clean the slate and start over and start eating new foods. Because like... I can make you a really good bean burger or like quinoa burger. Mm-hmm. It's not going to taste like hamburger because yeah. it's not ham. Right. But it's going to turn, it's going to taste like a veggie burger. Yeah. Like don't expect it to taste like it like a real burger if you make it like a veggie burger. right? But again, there are so many companies today, especially here in San Francisco. Yeah. They have like, you know, Beyond Burger and yeah. like all these cool things that really taste like meat too. So exactly. you could do that. I'm just saying...
1: It's going to be hard if you expect to be able to eat the same way. Yeah, you have to reset your expectations. But, I mean, even thinking about it on a selfish level. So, Mm -hmm. we could think about it on an environmental level um, where we're, like, doing good for the world by eating in a certain way. But... What effects have you noticed personally in your mindset, in your body, um, in your skin or hair and things like that? I always hear like amazing things of people being plant-based mm-hmm. um, and I just think it's helpful for people to know what personal changes you can make as well.
0: Well, I think that's why it's so easy for me to stick to yeah. being plant-based or vegan because... Um, I have not struggled with my weight ever since. Mm. Um, I eat so much food,
1: mm-hmm. which you can vouch for. I do a double lunch.
0: I think I ate lunch. like five times more than Katina. <laughs> uh, anyways, um, eat a lot of food and like just stay strong and skinny. Mm-hmm. Um, I work out every day. I have so much more energy because your body needs a lot of energy to process meat and dairy. Yeah. So if you don't eat any of that, you get to keep that energy for yourself so and never get slugged or like sluggish or tired after eating Mm -hmm. Uh, it just doesn't happen anymore i um people think i'm actually like 20 even though i'm 26
1: yeah Um, because my skin is so good (laughs) i was gonna Uh, say that's why i brought it up your skin is glowing (laughs)
0: um yeah i don't know i just keep like bumping into things that's good about it
1: yeah totally Mm -hmm. and i think um, when you're doing something that helps both you and the world be better, it is easier to stick with yeah. it, right? So it's a no brainer. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, awesome. So I think we've covered so many topics. I feel like. We've jumped around from change in general to your career to even just personal mindset shifts that we can all make. So I think we're going to start wrapping it up. And my first question that I always like to ask is, thinking about all the different topics that we just talked about, how do you recommend that we all start to challenge the collective in our everyday lives? Uh, <laughs> such a big question um you know we could delve into so many of the topics but i know <laughs> well to keep it
0: simple which is how i always think we should go about life mm-hmm. not always but anyways the way to start things just turn inwards and start with yourself like the way we challenge the collective is by challenging ourselves every day mm-hmm. any shift starts with us Right, we can keep talking about you know everything in the outside world, but nothing is going to happen until we shift. So what I do to to challenge myself, I try to always learn new things. And as I learn new things, how can I be open to this new knowledge? Because you know we can we can learn new things, but if we don't want to take it to heart and do something about it, the knowledge is going to be worthless, totally. right? Totally. Um, and just to give some example to that, I mentioned it to you before too. But something that I've recently learned. Is that apparently forty percent of all the food we produce actually get wasted? Mm, Isn't that so, so sad? Crazy. Like I can't even think like forty oh percent, almost half of it. Yeah. Um, and then I also learned recently, like um, from there are a hundred. There's a list of a hundred ways we can reduce global warming mm-hmm. and make a difference. And the second second biggest um, thing is to reduce our food waste. Wow. So if we can just find ways of, like, being more sourceful with our food, we can make a huge impact, too. Totally. So I'm trying to make, you know, be creative with my cooking and, like, okay, I got some. I got a half a carrot here. What yeah. can I do with it? And also, you know, we don't know this, but we can most often used in entire food. Mm-hmm. Like, the stem of the broccoli is really nutritious, too. Even, like, I think the shell from the onions are really good for making soup mm-hmm. on. Yeah, I didn't know that. So
1: interesting. So I
0: think... That's my next step. I want to get better in the cook- cooking yeah. in the kitchen and actually use
1: all the ingredients and stuff. That's amazing. I was just... My last question was going to be, what do you plan to do in the next year as your way to challenge the collective? But it sounds like food waste is your big topic. Oh, I think, yeah, I think it might be that.
0: Yeah. I think this year has been fashion. Mm-hmm. Um, the year before was really the whole vegan mm-hmm. part of it. And then I started learning more about the fashion industry, and that's been this year. Right. So yeah, maybe next year it's going to be that. And yeah. I think that at home textiles
1: Ooh. Too. We're
0: just about to buy a new mattress now. We're looking into all these organic mattresses because yeah. we just found out that apparently it's really bad for you. Yeah. Just
1: like, Who knew? I know. I know. There are so many ways that you could start to really question and re <laughs> I know. That's <laughs> <Tess's> word. My word. re Every single part of your life and not to do it in an overwhelming way, which I think that you really helped us all understand how you can make changes and not feel overwhelmed by them but feel empowered so yeah. thank you so much for this time tess and i'm so excited everyone please check out tess's podcast hey change um and we'll have more updates too so thank we'll you be back. yes exactly
0: thank you again for tuning in today i'm super excited to have you with me on this journey of change don't forget to subscribe to the show on iTunes. And if you have a minute over, please leave a quick review and some stars. Thank you. I'm also to be found on Instagram via the hashtag HeyChange or on my website HeyChange.net. So please follow me and we can be friends. All right. Until next time, have an awesome day. And don't forget to get out there and embrace some change.